When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. Welcome to the show and go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Hello and good morning on this. Well, it's a bit of a dreary Sunday morning here in Sydney, at least. Uh, plenty of rain around, but geez, I'm actually not joined this morning with Jimmy Galvin. I'm with our great mate, Pete Playford. Friend of the show, Pete Playford. Welcome, Pete. Oh, it's great to be back, you know, especially for the first international show. It's a special edition. It's a special edition. That's why they got me back, Drewy. That's it. Big games call for big guests, and there's none bigger than Pete Playford. But we've also got a few other guests coming up on the show as well. We're going to cross – look, we've got a pretty big budget here at the um, the show and go at SEN. That's, and why, that's why I'm back. That's why you're <laughs> back, but it's also why we, we sent our man Jimmy Galvin across the Nullarbor to Perth to cover the game for us. Uh, the, the Wallabies versus England last night. Uh, he was there. He was our man on the ground. And uh, we're going to c- catch up with him in just a moment. But also I'm leading up to the, uh, for the rest of the show, we're going to touch, um, touch base with Matt Giddo, just recently arrived back in Australia from Los Angeles. And also uh, Kurtley Beale, who also just arrived back from Paris. So a couple of big guests coming up, but let's cross to our man on the ground, Jimmy Galvin. Mate, how are you? <laughs> Good, good morning. Good morning. Yes, I'm, I'm very well. i tell you what, it, it might be dreary in uh, Sydney. It is gorgeous in Perth this morning. Uh, it is a winner's morning in Perth, and it might sound like it with my coarse voice. Mate, why, why is your voice so coarse? I know that you're just an absolute tragic, but uh, talk us through last night's game for you. Uh, I, 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 can talk, I can talk you through through many aspects. Um Firstly, the Swan Draft here in Perth uh, is a silky, silky drop. Um, p- potential sponsor of the show. Ooh. Look, I'm putting it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm putting it out there. It's, it's, it's a great job. But, um, mate, what a stadium, what an atmosphere. One thing I must say about Perth out here, after spending the week leading into the game, uh, rugby's not dead in Perth. And uh, the, the atmosphere out of that Optus Stadium and... The way to enjoy a game out there is is like something I've never actually seen before. But look, awesome, awesome game out here last night. I must say, um, I mean, the, the the crowd came out in droves, um, and and not too much of a of an English support group out here. I didn't hear swing road that loud out here. I must say, Drew. Well, that's that's always a, a good thing when the sea of gold is is um, drowning out those English supporters. Jimmy, we spoke through the week. You've been over there. You've been our man on the ground for the week, soaking up the atmosphere. Uh, you were there for the Origin last weekend and, of course, the Wallabies last night. And you've told me I'm, I'm a little bit worried about um, some of your, your options around your diet. Uh, often when we spoke through the week, mm-hmm. you would order lasagna for breakfast. Talk us through, <laughs> talk us through your option this morning, mate. It's jet lag. Yeah. yeah, yeah, well, uh, <clears throat> I, I am jet lagged. Um, <laughs> Lasagna is uh, is unusual, I must say. But uh, 
it has found its way into my hotel room at, at, at quite odd hours. Um, but I'm lucky to have called you for those decisions throughout the week, actually, yeah. uh, Drew. But, um, you know, um, Sydney's two hours ahead of, of 30. And, um, yeah, there's been some difficult decisions, but I'm lucky to have had you in, in, in the dark moments. Um, it's the room service, everything. The service in general over here in Perth, let me tell you, I could not recommend it higher if you could get over here for a sporting event. And the netball's on over here today. I think, you know, I might, I might check out the Perth. You're working for, uh, for Perth Tourism there, Jimmy. <laughs> so, Jimmy, it's Pete. You haven't acknowledged me yet, and I think it's a bit of jealousy, but I'm sitting in your chair. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great honour to do the first international show. We've got some, some great guests. But I also realise you were over in, uh, in Perth with the great Bernard Foley. Mm-hmm. How was it celebrating a world of his victory with him? Yeah, it was really quiet. It was... It was, it was um, <laughs> It was, a, it was a small night, as, uh, as you can probably tell. Um, no, mate, uh, it was fantastic to, to have Bernard over here, and, and, and we, we have caught up with uh, uh, Tourism WA and, and, and the great people of Rugby WA to just root aqua rugby over here, and uh, there, there's some great spots on the on the Swan River that we've been looking at. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, Bernard, Bernard Foley over here with me, he uh, he's, he's in a really good place, and <laughs> I must say... He was having a couple of schooners with me in the in the stands last night, and when Quade went down, I mm. think he uh, he got a, got a couple of tingles uh, down his spine <laughs> that uh, maybe maybe his romantic getaway next week with a with a birdie saying he's, uh, <laughs> he's not going to go to plan. <laughs> that is breaking news because that's breaking news because normally Bernard Foley likes to, likes to do his work real quietly. He doesn't like to, to yeah, divulge yeah, yeah. too we much to get him on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. I'll give you his number. Uh, he's uh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he went very silent, actually, last night whilst watching the game with him. But it, I'll tell you what, it was interesting to watch. It, it was the first time he has watched an Australian game uh, in the stands. Uh, yeah, as a spectator. You know, oh, look, I've seen him play as, some as games like he's watching. Yeah, yeah. But no, no, he, he, he found it really strange. Um, but watching a game with him and analysing a game uh, was something pretty awesome, to be honest, last night. Uh, I, I think he was uncomfortable with it, but he, 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 his mindset of watching a game and, and uh, his commentary of it was, how many, was, was uh, pretty awesome. How many questions did you ask, Jimmy? Oh, look, I think I annoyed him quite a bit, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I tell you, he, he, did, he did sing a lot of praise for Noah Lolaseo, who, who really stepped up at last minute. Like, uh, he, he, he came into an absolute furnace uh, when when Quaid dropped out, like we were at the stadium, I we didn't we didn't know like there was there was no announcement on the big screen or anything when when Quaid was injured, right? So I was just getting texts through from from friends and family of Quaid's out. It must have come through through uh, on the commentary on uh, the, the great uh, Channel Nine and Stan Sport. Uh, but um, yeah, no one at the stadium knew. Even up on the big screen in the last few minutes, it was still Craig Cooper that was up on the screen. So um, no one came in, and, and he was he was he was singing Noah's praises. I must say, and yeah, rumor has it that um, James O'Connor was up in the private suites having having, having a time before he uh, had to put the boots on. Well, that's uh, very reminiscent of Adam Ashley Cooper's first test, actually, also over in, in Perth, and this time it was Subiaco, but he was in the stands having a having meat pie when Elton Flatley got concussed in the warm up and. And got it, earned his first cap by jumping over the fence and uh, and I, and I, met, him I up. met his mum last night. I oh, met his mum last Karen, night. Karen, yeah. yeah, Karen actually, Lovely yeah, she's lady. a great lady. 
Karen, friend of the show, friend of the show. Big, and, and yeah, a, a listener every week, Karen. She's always tuning in, so shout out to you, Karen, Ashley Cooper. Thanks for listening. And, Jimmy, just last thought, what, what did you make of the, uh, the Wallabies' performance? You've, you've told us about the atmosphere and you've told us about the, the hydration over there in Perth. What about the performance? The first, the first half was, was actually tough, Drew, I must say. It wasn't, it wasn't an entertaining first half. Um, to, to get the win, I thought, I thought the, the, the Darcy Swain headbutt was bloody stupid. Yeah. If I'm honest with you, that like that 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 was a sign of immaturity, and I I thought there was immaturity in our second row to begin with, and that was that that was a I sat next to uh, Nathan Sharp during the week uh, at a dinner, and he was concerned in the second row that we were going to get shown up in the set piece and across the board, and yeah, he, he hit the nail on the head because that brain snap, like you know. I like to get my hair pulled sometimes, mate, but uh, obviously Darcy doesn't. Um, and, and the way the way that he, the way that he reacted uh, was yeah. It, Would you have it, reacted it, like that, Jimmy? I'll react more positively. <laughs> yeah, so, it, it just showed a bit of immaturity, and and it really. But it, I thought it, Jimmy. It, 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 I thought Kane yeah. Neville really stepped up. I thought he uh, he, he yeah, almost met sure. the met the challenge and, and to play 80 minutes at, at that age, you know, 33, it's just, uh, you know, one year yeah. older than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A C- couple younger than me. And, <laughs> and, uh, no, look, in, in the second half, I, I thought um, Samu Karevi really uh, showed some maturity, being one of those three players uh, that, that, that you're able to choose that comes from uh, overseas. But, look, I, I'm, I, I thought the performance was, um, was gutsy in that second half. First half was 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 tough to get to. It was error ridden from both sides. Uh, to win that game, I thought I, I thought it showed um, from a team that hasn't gelled and played together before. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I, I thought there's a lot to work from. Well, Jimmy, we're going to leave you to it, mate. You can uh, get back to bed and continue re- your recovery before you get on the flight uh, in a couple of hours. Thanks for uh, thanks for picking up the phone, mate. And uh, we'll see you next week, will we? Mate, I've, I've I've got the show and go loud and clear. When I hear that, when I hear that beautiful music, spirit in the sky, I tell you what, it's uh, it's blasting over here in Perth. Love it, <laughs> mate. Thanks so much. And for all our, all our listeners, please stay tuned because we've got some pretty big guests coming up. And if you'd like to join the conversation and ask Kurtley or Matt Gitto any questions, please text us on zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. You're listening to The Show and Go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Yeah, and welcome back. It's uh, Unfortunately, it's not with Jimmy Galvin. We've just touched base with Jimmy Galvin over in Perth. That uh, he, uh, he gave us a good little insight of what he's been up to, didn't he, Pete? Yeah, he did. He's always good for his uh, insights. I just imagine how many people he would have hugged after the, the he's the a hugger. Win. He's yeah. a hugger, and he's a, he's a tragic. He would have been saying this is the best moment of his life. Well, to be honest, yesterday could have been the best day of his life because there was so much international rugby on, and it started really early with uh, Australia A going up against Samoa. So the uh, the Australia A program is back playing in the Pacific Nations Cup, and which is which I think is is an amazing. Um, thing to see Australia A come back into into the fold. There's an opportunity for players to get uh, higher level rugby than they would have been otherwise um, subjected to at, at, at club level. Uh, it's a great breeding ground and great opportunity for players to play international standard teams, but also uh, a great opportunity for the Pacific Nations teams to also go against each other, but it was, um, you know, high, high sort of caliber players as well. 
Yeah, look, it's been a, a number of years. I think when I was playing, they had the Australia A mm. uh, program. I think it's a really good initiative. I think uh, to be expected, they were a bit scratchy for the first game, but um, you know, it shows good signs that they're trying to build this depth. I think there was a big gap when the NRC w- was pulled, and now to have this next level of competition is only going to bode well for the future. Yeah, so the result, Samoa getting the better of Australia A, 31-26. It came down to the wire. It was 26 all. Um, Australia A fought their way back to get to 26 all, to, to be fair, and then a few minutes to go. Uh, Wallabies, well, Australia A, sorry, were trying to chance their hand a little bit, running out of their own 22. And uh, Lalakai Fiketti just pushed a pass a little bit too too much on the edge, and uh, Nigel Arwong threw out his left mitt, intercepted it, and, and won the game for Samoa. Yeah, it's a huge result for them. I think you're seeing now with Manu Samoa in the Super Rugby and the Fijians as well, you're seeing some, some really positive uh, responses for the national teams. Yeah, and then uh, moving on to the next game in that competition was Fiji versus Tonga, and there was a lot of talk around some of the selections for Tonga, players that have been playing for other international teams previously have been um, are now eligible to play. The Izzy Flowers, Fiki Towers, um, Pia uh, Tau. Yeah, the huge lineup of players, but for them it was are all backs, and that wasn't their issue last night or yesterday afternoon. It was the forwards that got dominated by the Fijians, and then off the back of that and the set piece and the dominance that they had up forward, Fiji trounced them 36 nil. That that's a hammering, right? Considering yeah. the the star quality that Tonga had, uh, and again Fiji on the back of a you know a, a Super Rugby campaign showed some strength. I don't think they picked all their international players, or there, there, there were some players that came back from Fiji. Oh, sorry, from from Europe that um, were representing Fiji yesterday. Not all of them, but um, yeah, there's a good little mix. I think Ben Volavola, who a lot of people will know from his time at the Waratahs, um, some of the guys from Europe were giving were given an extra week off. Uh, so they'll, they'll they'll feature. Radradra? Uh, no, he wasn't playing. But um, uh, Wasilevu, the, the captain at thirteen, there was a couple of players that there. Juan uh, Colo, the one of the wingers who, who represents Toulon over in France. So there was a there was a few of them. But uh, I think the teams, well, players that were involved in teams that went deeper into the finals, got an extra week off, um, and they'll 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 be playing next week. So, so Fiji could even better. yeah, they're only going to get better. Um, I think looking for Australia A, Samoa was probably the game they would have probably tip to, to, to win. Um, they should actually have um, the, the the team that wins that program should pay England, the losers of, uh, of the <laughs> international series. Of, of the Yellow Mobs <laughs> Cup. Um, okay, and then moving on in the afternoon, it was France taking on Japan over in Japan and France smashed the Japanese 42-23. France didn't also take their strongest side. Um, so France, I think, they're, they're honestly, they're – they're a real danger in next year's World Cup. Obviously going to be the host, but what they've been putting together and the, the depth of their squad, they're, uh, they're going to be frightening next year. Yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. The depth, they brought over a, a third-string team last year to Australia and then they reaped the benefits of that back end. But, you know, you're the only one in this room, Drew, that's uh, uh, been to a World Cup. How important is depth? Look, it, it's huge. It's, all, it's depth just knowing that, um, like, you're going to get injuries throughout the course of... Uh, the World Cup, but also in the lead up to it. And you need to know that the players that you're bringing in have had recent international experience. And that's one thing uh, Fabien Galtier, the, the coach of France, has been doing. He's been giving so many players an opportunity at, at the top level, whether it be at Six Nations or on tour, uh, an opportunity at international level. So he, he knows, but also they individually know, but also their teammates know they can do a job if they if they uh, get called upon. And then 
Then it was a five o'clock game here in Sydney, which was New Zealand, five o'clock, but it was obviously played in New Zealand. New Zealand up against the Irish. And wow, we saw the juggernaut that is the All Blacks almost at their best. 42-19 victors. Yeah, they're, they're a class above leading into a World Cup. You know, you always see these kind of signs, but no, they're a lot of conjecture around how, how far they push the rules. Now, as a winger, I didn't know the rules anyway, so I think they'll, they'll play on. But look, they they play a very fine line, but the results are, uh, are very promising. Yeah, I mean, that's always one one sort of talking point when you're talking about the All Blacks is how, how much they push those boundaries. But you're only going to push them as far as you're allowed to, right? Like if... if if the referee feels like it's going too far, you get penalised, and then they would they would adjust along along um, on on the run. Sorry. So, look, the, the All Blacks. There was a lot of chat around Bowden Barrett at ten over Richard Mwanga, Geordie Barrett at fifteen. Uh, I know that Will Jordan was out through COVID, but he was tipped to be playing on the wing instead. So, a lot of chat about some of their selections. But geez, they stood up. Yeah, they're they're by far. I reckon them and France are the the form international teams. After the weekend. Yeah. And then uh, we'll, we'll come back to the Aussie-England game, but South Africa got over Wales over in South Africa with a last-minute goal to Willemser, and they won 32-29, uh, rather. Huge result for South Africa, but I think everyone was tipping them to do it quite comfortably. Look, it's an interesting one because I obviously didn't get up and watch that game, and I haven't seen them in the Super Rugby. So th- there's not a lot of form to look at, but... Uh, as you said, they were tipped. The Welsh team was quite a second-string team, or yeah, look, Welsh are struggling probably to their own emissions as well. Just recently, but South Africa, I don't know. It's it's hard with South Africa. They've almost had the same exact team since the last World Cup. Is Bobby Skinstead still playing? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, really, the only change was um, Wester at, at at number eight for Dwayne Vermeule, and otherwise, it was pretty much the same same sort of starting fifteen, even twenty three, is what they've had for the last four years or so. So. They obviously they've 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 got the guys. They feel like they can do a job. They uh, they they've backed them. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Moving forward, I don't know how how strong South Africa are going to be in terms of contenders for for next year's World Cup. They just they seem to be playing the same type are, of footy with the same. Them out? No, I'm not ruling them out. But I just I don't know. I just think that they've not really progressed too far. They've got the same same players. They they're playing the same style. And they've kind of gone opposite to a lot of the other countries who have gone youth. Yeah, over over experience, and they haven't really reset from the last World Cup. So you might be right, but South Africans, you can never rule them out. No, that's true. And uh, then this morning, uh, Michael Checker, first game as head coach of the Argentinian Los Pumas, they won twenty six eighteen over Scotland. So great result for Czech in his first game. And also, I believe Lebanon played last week in rugby league, so he yeah. had a, a double international win, which I don't think's been done by any coach <laughs> in the world. Yeah, I mean, Czech, he's the only one that can juggle about six jobs at international level at the same time. But um, yeah, I reckon they're a smoky. I reckon that he can, you know, that, that 18 month lead up to a, to a world cup, you've had him mm-hmm. in, in a, in a lead up like that. You can see the power he can bring and Argentinians are always up for a world cup. So I reckon it's going to be a, an interesting one to watch. Yeah. And then we get to the, uh, the big one, Australia victors 30, 28 against England. How good was that result, Pete? Yeah, I, I think it was an amazing start. Uh, I'm such a fanboy over Dave Rennie. I think the way he handles himself in the lead up to the world, uh, to the game, you know, not getting into barbs with Eddie Jones, despite Eddie Jones trying numerous times to get a reaction out of him. Uh, I can't wait to talk to Kurtley Bill about yeah. uh, how he sees Dave Rennie and the impact he has on the squad. But you saw a really mature uh, approach, and I think even uh, McKellar at halftime when they spoke about, 
going down to 14 men, mm. it was like nothing was different. The, the mentality and the approach was just first class. Yeah, I mean, speaking of that, that red card, that was only part of the adversity that uh, the Wallabies faced. It started with Quade Cooper picking up a calf injury in the warm-up. And you could just see in the coverage that there was an issue. And Sharon Flyhoff, the doctor, Kieran Cleary, the, the physio, and Dave Rennie were all there. They're all talking, but no one had hands on Quade's calf. So that was an indication straight away that it was he was not going to play. Like if, if it was something that was you know quite minor and maybe you could have pushed through, Kieran Cleary would have been down there with his thumbs trying to rub it out or something, you know, like just trying to get him back on the pitch. But because they were just standing there having a, a conversation, Quaid wasn't going to uh, wasn't going to take the field, which meant that the man up in the hospitality suites, James O'Connor, got the call. Mate, get down. You're needed. And then, of course, there was a sickening injury. Tom Banks, feel sorry for that young fella. That the the broken arm. He's done it before, but just as he was went up for a high ball, put his hand out to brace his his fall. And you could just see a clean snap of that forearm. It was disgusting. I couldn't, I couldn't look at that, yeah. Drew. But yeah, I turned away from him. The I think that was his chance, as we know, to really put a strong, uh, a, a strong play forward. Going to Japan next year, that that may be his last game in a green jersey, gold jersey. Sorry. Yeah, well, green and gold. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and then obviously the red card. I know that Johnny Hill pulled Darcy Swain's hair. I get that, and that's not part of the game either, which is why he got a yellow card. But it just doesn't give you the right to headbutt someone. Yeah, so in your eyes, clear red card. Clear red card. We won't see him again in this series, and nor should we. Like, a, re- like a headbutt is not part of the, the fabric of the values of the game, and I know that he was antagonised and he was baited, but, you know, you're a grown man and you're playing at a, the highest level. You can't be drawn into that. But it, it, it makes me confirm one thing, because when they were saying, do we have too many fi- players on the field in rugby union, let's get rid of one winger. I think the answer's been laid bare to say we only need one second rower. <laughs> if we were to get rid well, of them, they don't. I know. I know. We saw they didn't do much. Well, Caden Neville had to really step up in in the absence of of Darcy Swain because not only would he would he have to have taken uh, a lot of the the workload, but he was also Darcy Swain was also the lineout caller. So all the all the, the 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 repetitions they would have done through the week, the timing, the calls, the um, the identification of, of the defensive line of the English and, and where, where um, you know, Parecki also on debut, where he was having to throw the ball. Huge game from Caden Neville to step up uh, around the field in his workload, but also to take the, uh, the, the, the calling uh, from Darcy Swain as well. So, so much adversity um, that the, the, the Wallabies faced throughout that game, but a huge result. And coming up after the news, we've got Matt Giddo, and also Kirtley Beal joining us. So if you'd like to ask them a question, make sure you text it through on 0457 736 736. Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. You're listening to The Show and Go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Welcome back to The Show and Go. And it's Drew Mitchell with Pete Playford on this special international edition and speaking of international editions, we have the great honour of having a friend of the show and a great friend of ours, Matt Giddo, joining us. Gitz, how are you, mate? I'm good. How are you, boys? Yeah, we're not too bad. What about, uh, mate, well, firstly, you've just touched down in, into the country, uh, back from LA just the last couple of days. How, how are you feeling? How did the family travel? Not great. Yeah, not well. Not well <laughs> at all. My, um, my middle son gets um, uh, my travel sickness. Uh, we've got a two-year-old baby who's been up since three this morning. But, you know, we're alive. Drew, I don't want to complain. Mate, how can you complain when all five of you fly up the front? 
I didn't know there was a back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never turn right when you get on a plane, always turning left. Mate, I wanted to uh, just jump straight into it. Um, what did you think of last night's performance from the Wallabies? I thought um, with the disruptions and everything that they had, they had plenty of opportunities to find an excuse, but they found a good way to win and win. You know, obviously, if you take away that last try from England, they, they won quite convincingly as well. So, yeah, I think it was a real positive um, first step, you know, for them as to, their, you know, progression to the World Cup next year. Gids, Pete Playford here, mate. Welcome back. Thank you, player. Um, big one on, uh, you saw that, you know, with Quaid pulling out just before the game, uh, what are your thoughts on this n- young Noah Lolisio? I think last year he was a bit, a bit inexperienced, but last night he really stepped up. Yeah, I reckon um, sometimes it can be advantageous if you get called in late. You don't have to think about the game too much. You don't stress. Um, for him, he would have been preparing all week, knowing his role in case Quaid got injured early in a game. But when you're on the bench, you don't think that way. I, I think he was probably just thinking he might get 20, 30 minutes and then last minute to be thrown in and be told that you're starting. I think he would have been across the detail, but it's actually, I think it helped him. He didn't have time to worry. He just went out there and played his natural game. And I thought he did really well. He he, um, he would feel a lot more comfortable, I think, at the test arena after his performance last night. How do you think with Eddie, Eddie Jones, you've been coached by him, and they would have layered their game around Quaid being 10, and then they play quite a different style. Do you think that's a, had a bit, of a, uh, a bit of a say in it as well, that they didn't adjust to having a different 10? Yeah, potentially, yeah. I think, obviously, Eddie, he leaves no stone unturned when he's preparing the team. So I think he potentially would have even had like some sort of small game plan if Noah was to come on earlier than than expected but I just think um, I just thought that especially with everything that happened the Wallabies uh, didn't get any favours and they showed a pretty well wouldn't wouldn't say dominant performance but I think um, they were the deserving winners so I think they'll get a lot of confidence out of that. Mate speaking of some dominance what about you on Twitter last night what's going on mate (laughs) just stirring the pot a little bit what's happening with the game talk us through that did you did you eat your own words this morning? Oh, I just did it. It was just, it was getting too much. Me, I'm fragile at the moment. I'm, well, I'm jet lagged. I'm fragile. So I, um, to be fair, when I watched the game, I was watching it last night and I thought, I just really enjoyed the contest. And I wanted, obviously, the Wallabies to win, but I just wanted there to be a good contest. And mm. as soon as there's a red card, you automatically feel like the other team gets the advantage. So I went a little heavy handed on, on the tweet <laughs> and I, I threw that out. Um, wasn't a real lot of support, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I even texted you then, saying, Beef, but, that's a red card in any yeah, level of footy in you, any part of the world. You're not a ref. <laughs> you're, you're not a ref. You're, yours holds no weight. I think <laughs> it was just um, once I watched it again and you see what actually happened, I don't think it was a huge headbutt, like a big headbutt, is if you really bring your neck into it. He, and what he did was silly, and he probably did deserve the red card. So, you know, I was in the wrong. But, yeah, it, um, I mean, that was, that was pretty much it. Look, you, you do have a little bit of support. We've had a text through from a Matt also. He said, how is that hair pull not a red card offence? A grubby act, that to me. And it's far worse than a little headbutt. This is, so you got some support from one of our listeners. What did you think about the hair pulling? Uh, I'm not a big fan of that either. Like, it's... Well, that's, I mean, there's so many things that you can miss throughout a game. So I also don't want to complain too much because the one thing that he picked up, I complained on. So <laughs> um, it, it's a tricky one. I think 
you can't pick up everything, but I think if um, you know, there's going to be a siding to that headbutt. Yeah. Potentially that push in the face or the hair pulling, something's got to be looked at. There was a long time ago, I think there was, there was a reward for Georgie Smith's dreadlocks. Yeah. You know, teams would purposely um, target to pull his dreadlocks to get him out of the ruck. So, I mean, that can't be in the game either. Look, the contract I was on, I got six of them. <laughs> Paid for two, two more years. <laughs> and what about you, Gitz? Uh, obviously, you... you um, unfortunately, weren't able to play any minutes this year for the LA Guiltinis up in America for the uh, in the MLR, and unfortunately also for your team getting kicked out just the week before the playoffs. Talk us through uh, what happened there, and or what you can say at least what to your understanding, and and what what about next year? What what happens next for Makido? Uh, what happens next? I'll cross that off straight away. I don't really know. For me, it was. Um yeah, I don't know if the writing, you know, is on the wall a little bit, not being able to get a game out. So I had like a small, um, like tendon injury, like in my calf, and I just kept trying to push it and come back too early, and it'd keep re-aggravating. So, um, you know, the where I'm at at the moment is I just want to get that right, so you can run around and do normal stuff, mm. you know, with the family, the kids, or whatever else. For the team, yeah, it's disappointing. Uh, get kicked out. We still don't know a great deal about it, um, other than we know it wasn't salary cap, but. Um, I don't really know any more than that. The club can't say anything, I think, for legal reasons. So we don't, um, yeah, I don't know exactly where that's at, uh, to be honest, Beefy. But, yeah, that's it. Um, disappointing season. You know, obviously compared to the one before, we were able to win the title. But to be pulled out so close to the finals was pretty devastating for the boys. Now, now you talk about um, Eddie Jones leaving no stone unturned. You were coached by one of the, the great, I think, future coaches of this era, Adam Ashley Cooper, who's off celebrating in Vegas. <laughs> Run me through his coaching methods. Yeah, Coopy. Well, it was um, it was an interesting dynamic because, you know, obviously really good mates with him, as you boys are as well. So, um, I don't know. I think there was just, at times, you know, obviously I'd go in and talk to him as a mate, but then other times you want to show him the respect that normal um, that you would for for any coach and to make him feel as welcome and um, I think valuable is probably the biggest thing as as a coach or as a player you want to feel like you're always adding value to the group but then when you're now coaching you can't actually play and add value you've got to find a different way so um, yeah it was pretty interesting and a good dynamic with him and um, working with him and helping him out it was good I think he really did enjoy it uh, I don't know why he's celebrating in Vegas. Huh? <laughs> now I want I want one exclusive that when when Drury Mitchell retired, he ran a marathon. Can we get you uh, yeah. confirming that when you finally hang up the boots in a couple of years that you'll be running a marathon? Look, I think what Drew did was very admirable, especially <laughs> off the back of seven days on the beers. I think he done it with your, but no, I and a fight with Buster Rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> Never, never say never player, but I just think that long stuff, I just don't know uh, if it's for me. Mate, if it's, if it's not for anyone, it's me. So if I can get through a marathon, you are most certainly going to be doing one. Yeah, I know, but my thing is I want to be proud of the time as well. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> Neither was well, I. <laughs> no, I don't mean that, but I mean to have a real crack at it. Yeah. Like I want to have a go at it. It's just out of the way I'm wired and it just it wouldn't be enjoyable. Yeah, you don't want to do it just to shuffle through. Yeah, although I reckon that's what I will be doing. <laughs> well, good. Thanks so much for uh, spending some of your Sunday morning with us. Uh, say good day to your wife, Bianca, for us and the kids. I'll, uh, I'll see you down in Canberra soon. But, uh, mate, thanks for the chat.
Absolutely. Thanks, boys. All right, coming up on the show and go, we've got Kirtley Bill just after this break. So if you want to ask Kirtley a question, please text it through on 0457 736 736. Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. You're listening to The Show and Go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Hello and welcome back to The Show and Go with Peter Playford and Drew Mitchell. And uh, look, it's a great honour to have another great friend of the show and an international rugby star, Kirtley Bill, join us. KB, how are you, mate? G'day, fellas. Thanks Red. for having me. <laughs> What's How are you, bud? Mate, I'm good. I'm good. Obviously, I, I spent the night with you watching uh, watching the Wallabies play last night. Firstly, how have you pulled up this morning? And, uh, and before we well, – actually, yeah, let's just start <laughs> yeah. there before we, we get into anything else. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was great to catch up with you, Drew. I um, haven't seen you in a, in a couple of years, so it's good to kind of have a nice little couch session and uh, watch the Wallabies put in a, a pretty good performance, I think. Um, a few – few controversial debates there in the lounge room. But, <laughs> it got uh, heated yeah, between really you and I, didn't one. it? <laughs> it did. It almost turned into another wrestle. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, don't we, want that. <laughs> we don't want that. Well, okay, let's exactly. let's talk about from the game. Uh, mate, right, right from the start, Wallabies are up against it. Some adversity. Quade Cooper getting injured. Uh, James O'Connor coming down from the hospitality suite. Noah going into the number 10 jersey. Um, Tom Banks, that was an ugly arm break. We've spoken yeah. about that earlier in the show, but that was ugly last night. Darcy Swain with the red card. So the, the Wallabies were well and truly up against it. What what was it that really impressed you most about their performance? Uh, just just how they kind of um, bounced back from all that kind of adversity at the start. You know, Quaid, it was a, it was a big loss for him. And then uh, the ability for Noah to come in and um, to be able to direct the team the way he did, I thought he showed a lot of maturity um, in, in guiding the team around and... Um, you know, I just think the the culture of the team being in there in the in the uh, autumns last year with that group, there's something there's something about it. They're, everyone you know plays for each other, and and Dave's got a really good uh, you know good good uh, control in the, of the ship. You know, so he allows the boys to be you know feeling comfortable where they are, and it just seemed there was no panic. There was a lot of calm, a lot of composure, and led by Hoops up front. And I think uh, you know they 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 got through it together, and and that that was a difference in the end. KB, Pete Playford here, mate. Welcome back on uh, on Australian soil. Cheers, PD. How are you, brother? Mate, I'm good. I flew to Paris the other week to see you, but I just understand you were busy. That's all good. Um, <laughs> mate, I, I, I'm, in, I'm in awe of, of Dave Rennie. I think you, you mentioned some things there about how the players responded, and I think having been involved in, in coaching and playing, the role of a coach can have a big impact. Tell me what we can't see because we see a really level-headed coach who, who doesn't get into the, the media wars, but I know that you came back last year and, and had a really close affection with him. So run me through what the, the yep. general public don't see about Dave Rennie. He, he's just, he's just your, your kind of, uh, it's almost like a father figure, you know. He, he makes you feel feel comfortable in your, in your own shoes and, you know, playing at that, that level, um, there's a lot of head noise, there's a lot of noise in the outside and I guess Dave just brings that presence uh, of, of calmness and and just allows you to be yourself within within the you know within the team, and uh, you can you know he doesn't want everyone to be the same person, but he just kind of allows everyone to express themselves within you know the the team culture, the, the boundaries that we set, and the standards that we set. And um, you know I think him as a as a coach, he's very calm, he's collective, and uh, you know he, he it's, it it just allows you just to be uh, 
to overexpress yourself, Pete. And uh, I think that's a real good quality a, a coach could have. Um, you know, when a coach can, uh, you know, allow his players just to be themselves in the, in the environment, um, you know, you, you see wonders what we saw last night in, in that first test. So, so uh, run me through it. Five minutes to go. Drew Mitchell's gone to the bathroom for a quick chunder. What are Dave Rennie's last words to the team? What, what, what get, what's his style just before they run out? Uh, it, there's certainly no yelling, that's for sure. Um, he, he's just quiet. He, he's, he's, um, he's, again, I'll say calm. Um, you know, he, he'll bring you back to, to, to the detail that what's required. Um, you know, he's very detailed around, um, around strategy. Um, very clear um, and, and just, just uh, I guess, um, just expresses clarity in, in, in the way uh, we need to get out of situations and everyone knows their own job. And I think, uh, you know, last night, I know we went down to 14 men, but again, there was no panic. Uh, guys were understood what their roles were and, uh, and uh, executed. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a real credit to, to the guys and, and the leadership in the, on, on, the, on, the, on the field. And I think, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good sign. KB, let everyone know just where, where you're at. Obviously, you, you play a bit of fullback, and uh, unfortunately for Tom Banks, he, he won't be playing uh, in the, the short term by any means. So does that mean a Curtly Bill might get a call up into the squad at some point, or where are you at? Uh, fit, ready to go, yeah. or not? What's going on? Mate, um, look, it, been, it was a frustrating finish at Russing um, in Paris. Um, you know, I haven't, been, I haven't played in, in, in five months, so... Uh, it's been a frustrating injury, but um, look, I'm back. I'm excited to be back, uh, back on home soil, and and to be able to put my foot, best foot forward, um, you know, and hopefully uh, in in games uh, later in the year. Um, I'll be going up to Wallaby camp tomorrow, just have some a check in with the Wallaby staff, and 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 to get a program for myself to be able to, you know, get myself in the right condition and to be able to have a, an influence in, in the back half of the season. Mate, what about uh, what about off the field? I know that uh, you and your beautiful wife Maddie are, are expecting. Are you are you excited about that? Yeah, yeah super excited. Uh, a little KV's coming through. <laughs> <laughs> we're all we're all a little happy. We're all happy here. Um, my wife's been, uh, you know, great support. We had a good time in Paris two years, and um, you know she's the, my number one supporter, and I'm grateful for her support. And we're we're super excited for a little one to come through, and and we're just great to be. Back on home soil, catching up with with you guys, our you know our best friends and, and family, and uh, you know we um, you know we're looking forward to that. What, what type of father do you think you'll be, mate? Are you going to be the disciplinarian, <laughs> or are you going to you, you're going to leave that to Maddie? Huh. Yeah, look, he, he'll definitely have a few uncles around there that can use <laughs> that discipline. So. You know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll kick back and just let him be. Uh, you know, who he wants to be. <laughs> he, he might have a few uncles that also lead him astray as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, that's okay. That's okay. As long as we get some browns around that, we're, we're all right. <laughs> all right, KB. Well, well, thanks so much for uh, for tuning in and 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 making yourself available on this Sunday morning. I know that uh, not only you're, you're battling battling the weather, but also jet lag. And I think you are you catching up with your family as well today. Yeah, seeing the family today, so that'll be nice. Um, this Sydney weather, it's, it's uh, another another couch day, I think. <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with last night. Well, anyway, mate, thanks so much for uh, <laughs> thanks for so much for for your time, and uh, we'll hopefully catch up with you uh, throughout the course of the, the Wallaby season, and, and hopefully see you out there at some point. Sounds good, fellas. All right, thanks, thanks KB. Right. Cheers, guys. How good catching up with KB after a couple of years over there in Paris. Um, like he said, it was unfortunate that he uh, wasn't able to play as much towards the back end through injury, but uh, good to have him back on on home sh- on uh, home soil. Yeah, look, I'm amazed with Kirtley. Him and Quaid, you know, I, I played against them back in 2008. To still be running around that long 
and still be in that frame of mind. And, and it takes a, uh, a great mindset, but also a really good coach. So I'm really interested in the, in the thoughts he had around Dave Rennie getting the best out of the players. And you can see it watching, right? They were no chance of winning with a red card mm. and all the changes. But to come away with, with what should have been a, a bigger win, I think he's disappointed with the last couple of minutes. Yeah, there's a couple of tries that probably flattered the English. In terms of the scoreboard, they were, they were impressive tries by, by, uh, by no means. And who but... was that young winger? Henry Arndell, yeah. He um he was the one that scored for London Irish against Toulon in the um not the Champions Cup, the Challenge Cup and uh and just basically stormed onto the scene and that's what got him picked into the squad and now he's made the twenty three, scored another great try. So he could be a smoky for the starting team next week. Yeah, no, I think so as well. But no good not as good as Drew Mitchell <laughs> Champions Cup uh was it Championship Cup? Yeah, champ- yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's not about me. All right, we're <laughs> going to go to a break and we're going to wrap it up here on the show and go. And if you have any last thoughts, please text through on 0457 736 736. Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. You're listening to The Show and Go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Thank you and welcome back. And it's just about time to wrap up here for the show and go and this special international edition. But Pete, do you have any last thoughts? Yeah, look, I, first and foremost, I'm going to get my own uh, soundtrack so that when I come in here more regular. But uh, two games to go with uh, Wallabies and England and you've got a bit of a bet going with Joe Marler, I believe. Yeah, a little bit of Twitter last night. He was uh, just just trying to, to throw out a bit of bait about how much their forward pack were going to going to dominate Australia and I just replied with a bit of a lull and he thought okay well let's let's put a wager on the next match and so basically it comes down to this if England win next week in Suncorp I have to wear an England jersey in budgie smugglers on the bottom and walk up Caxton Street singing swing low sweet chariot and if Australia win uh, Joe Marler has to don a wallabies jersey budgie smugglers and sing our national anthem in uh, I don't know Trafalgar Square or somewhere over there in London. It's a shame no one will hear your beautiful voice. <laughs> well, that's right. I'm tipping after last night up against so much adversity, the dominance that they showed. How can we lose up there in Suncorp Stadium? I don't think it's a chance, but it'll be very, very interesting to watch. Yeah, well, thanks again for tuning in to the show and go on SEN. And I think maybe Jimmy might be back next week, but I'm actually on calling. Uh, I'm covering the game next week up in Suncorp, so maybe I won't be here. Who knows? But either way, it's going to be a great show. We'll have some great guests. And uh, thanks again for tuning in to the show and go.